Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of influencer marketing and branded content agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today and want to give a very warm welcome to Zach Logston, who is joining us to discuss his extensive experience working in sports marketing. Over the past two decades, Zach has worked with more than 150 sports and entertainment organizations to help drive attendance to their events and venues and improve the experience for fans and attendees. Zach is CEO and founder of Old Hat, a strategic marketing company specializing in the sports and entertainment industry. Zach successfully run Old Hat for more than 15 years, having grown it from one employee with one client to employing nearly 100 people combined over that period and partnering with nearly every major collegiate athletic program in the nation, along with multiple professional organizations. Additionally, Zach has written two books on the topic of sports and or entertainment marketing and hosts two podcasts on the subject as well. Today, we're going to talk about the ways in which attendance is dropping at sports and entertainment venues across the country and what stakeholders can do to change it. Zach will talk to us about the science of fan behavior and why current marketing tactics just aren't working. We'll learn what's worked from his experience, what maybe could be changed, and where other brands are missing the mark. Zach, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Super happy to have you. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background, where you started, and what you got you to where you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you. So, you know, I grew up a big sports fan. I grew up uh, loving the University of Oklahoma Sooners and going to uh, OU football and basketball games. And, um, you know, that, that was the highlight of my life, getting to go to sports uh, with my family, with my dad, with my brother. Uh, and those memories have, have lasted a lifetime and I'll take them to my grave, you know, some of the greatest memories of my life. And because of that passion I had for for going to events. Um, I think that that drew me into working in sports. I, I worked for the University of Oklahoma uh, athletic department for uh, three years before launching my company. And, and it's one of those deals where you, you look back and, and, and years later you realize why you are where you are. And I think it's because, you know, I, I went into sports marketing because I wanted to give that same experience to other fans, you know, I it didn't have to be Oklahoma it could be anywhere just because those were so special to me growing up and having that connection and that time with my, my father, again, my father, my family, my brother, whether who, my friends, um, whoever it was, you know, sports, uh, provides that opportunity to connect with people that, that in a way that, you know, a lot of, a lot of hardly anything, um, provides you know you you stand there and you you the emotion involved you know you go to a movie and it's just not the same thing you can get emotionally involved in the movie but but it's 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 not happening live you know it's it's not it's just a different deal and uh, that's that is why I am why I do what I do uh, because I want to help create those connections really why give give people the opportunity uh, to to you know share in those experiences with their loved ones like I did that makes perfect sense and it certainly is something that people feel a lot of passion about absolutely uh sports is, is it runs in our blood it doesn't it, it just it's it's there are very few things that people get as excited about as sport sporting events 
or competitive about as right, well. Right, exactly, sure. <laughs> Seeing that I'm from Texas and you're from Oklahoma. Oh, wow. Right? We have a little bit right there, Uh-oh. right? I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We, won't, we won't get into that. There you go. So it's not just sports. It goes across entertainment venues. It also goes into music because I'm hearing this from a lot of different labels and different outlets who are trying to put together um, true large scale events and audiences are dropping. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not isolated to sporting events, and that's you know, you know, with what we do, our philosophies and tactics and expertise is applicable across any platform or any venue where you're trying to drive attendance. Because, like you mentioned, attendance didn't just dropping at sporting events; it's dropping at movie theaters, it's dropping at concerts, and and I think that has to do with the access that people have now uh, that we didn't used to have. You know, when I was growing up. Uh, even 20 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of uh, a lot of the events you could only see if you were there. And now, you know, whether it's concerts, uh, you know, you can uh, you can live stream concerts on on Netflix now. Who was it recently that did that? I, it was I think it was Taylor Swift had had her concert on Netflix and uh, sporting events, whereas you could only listen to the uh, to them on the radio or watch them on a, a tiny little. A terrible, you know, terrible picture screen. Uh, now you can walk around the mall and watch it on your handheld device. Uh, movie theaters, you can, you know, uh, you, we don't want people doing it, but you can download the newest releases immediately uh, and watch it on your computer screen or at home, where you have the great surround sound or the you know unbelievable you know, giant picture. And it's just so people are. People are electing to stay home because, honestly, home offers as good a quality uh, product a lot of times as, as attending. Well, and maybe we're just not lazy a little bit, <laughs> but we're overwhelmed with the different opportunities that are out there, and there's only so much right. time in the day. We have more options for entertainment than we ever have. So, uh, you, we're, uh, again, I'm going to keep drawing on my own experience, but when I was growing up, you know, I grew up on a farm in Oklahoma my options for entertainment on a Saturday were pretty limited. You know, it was either go to the OU football game or not. And that was, that was about all I had. And, and now, like you said, you got, you got um, too many options for entertainment. Uh, you know, so many things competing for our time. And uh, unfortunately it's all at our fingertips. You know, you don't even have to get out of your chair. So I, I don't know that it's laziness. It's, it's convenience. It's easy. Why would, why would you go spend a bunch of money to do something that you can do for free? sitting right where you are sure with a perfect view of a screen Mm -hmm. with no Mm -hmm. heads in front of you no conversations that are taking you away from whatever passion is holding your interest absolutely yeah Yeah. and damaging your experience right absolutely uh it's it's not hot it's not too hot it's not too cold there aren't sticky floors there aren't you know not the obnoxious drunk person next to you it you just you know again the home the home experience has trumped going to events, unfortunately, now. And it's a lot more affordable. Right. Absolutely. So what can people do about this? That's a, that's a great question. It's a question that, that we, you know, we try to answer. Um, it, my book that I've written, uh, and it's a question we help uh, organizations answer on a daily basis. That's what we do is, is uh, we, we, and it's, it, the answer is we have to start marketing our products uh, no differently than you know anybody else markets their products for for a hundred years we didn't have to market uh, our events nearly like we do now because it was we were the only game in town it was the only option you didn't 
entertainment options were so limited. It was a matter of saying, hey, this artist is going to be performing and people showed up because they didn't have another option. Uh, oh, um, you know, Texas is going to be playing this Saturday. So people went. Uh, so we didn't have to market it. We didn't have to do all of the things that, that Ford does or Wrigley does or, or Dr. Pepper does to market their products. We simply had to publicize that, that the game was going on or the movie was going on or whatever it was. And people showed up and, and we got spoiled. The industry, the entertainment industry got spoiled uh, by having decades long of not actually having to market their product uh, the same as you know, all the other industries have to have to market. I, and it's it's as it's as simple as that. That doesn't mean it's easy, but it's as simple as you know, identifying what is unique about your product, identifying what is unique about your market, and and who the potential uh, customers are, purchasers of your product, and then marketing it to those people and reminding them why why showing up is better than than staying home. Sure. Does that also include needing to not just market differently, but actually to have on-site experiences that are different? I'm glad you said that because it. it I, I just earlier today was giving a talk about about the fact that we, for years and years, the product we were selling was the product on the field or the product on the screen or the product on the stage. That's not our product anymore. Our product is the experience. So it's it's about one providing an unbelievable experience that's aside from what's happening on the field of play or on the stage um you have to everything about the experience has to be amazing has it has to be something people uh, want to show up for because again back to the my my original point you don't you, you don't have to show up to see the product on the field anymore um so the product being that experience is uh, that that experience has to be amazing from the the second you walk in the gates, from your your customer service to your concession options to the um, it, just everything about it has to be top notch. It's not enough to be good anymore. It has to be great. Yeah. Now we were just talking. I was talking with my team the other day, and you know, someone's a Giants fan, and we live in Los Angeles, right? So mm -hmm. we're Dodgers, <laughs> right? Like ah, you live in Los Angeles, you should convert. <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> sure. But, but it came down to, you know, stadiums, you know, San Diego has an awesome stadium. The food mm -hmm. is great. The alcohol is great. Mm -hmm. Giant stadium. Awesome. Dodger mm -hmm. stadium old. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you have to, and that's, an, that's another thing places are fighting because you have to again, have a, a, an amazing uh, venue and with suites and club seats. And that, you know, that, that lends itself to the, the, there, there are two main, we've done a ton of research on this topic and uh, there are two main reasons people attend events versus, versus staying at home. It doesn't matter what the event is, whether it's sports or entertainment, there are two reasons they go for the experience, which we've talked about and for the social aspect of attending. If you ask fans uh, or attendees of, of anything, those are the two main reasons they go out. Well, we've, we've built these venues. A lot of places have built venues that allow one, the great experience and two, the opportunity to be social. If you put your fans in the stands, uh, you know, on these bleachers, the only people they can be social with are the people, you know, sitting right, right around them. And a lot of times you don't want to be social with them. Uh, but, 
so they've created these these clubs and these loge boxes and these suites and all these opportunities to be to be social and if you look that's where people are you know those are sold out you know across the board by and large that's what's selling it's the it's the bleacher seats that we're having trouble get getting people in so again creating that amazing experience with great venues and so forth but also providing uh, the opportunity for people to socialize uh and and it's it's hard because you sit down and what's in front of you is all you all you have so you have to figure out ways to create that social interaction digitally somehow how you know there, there there are a plethora of ways you can do that but you know sim- again simply saying hey we have a game g- going on come sit and watch it is is not is not enough anymore sure now i think even the ritz has a hospitality program a friend of mine's business does it as well where the nfl is now hiring trying to actually uh, train concierge service to their yeah. food vendors to their security to all the different people there so that they can have a plussed up experience yeah absolutely that's and, and that's i mean that's brilliant that's that's what it's going to take is is treating uh treating our, our sports venues or entertainment venues like like their you know high-end hotels you providing that first class experience uh across the board because you know if you Again, back to the the home experience. If you you can make whatever you want in your kitchen or order it now from Uber Eats and it shows up at your door, if you go to the stadium and they have three options, the concession stand that are $9 for a bad cheeseburger uh, and you have to wait in a long line to get it, why why am I going? Why would I do it? So – it's it's I, I think that I hadn't heard that, but that's brilliant. Yeah, giving that you know I I do talk to a lot of um, athletic organizations that we've worked with have done the whole Disney World. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but the the where you yeah. where you go the Disney World University basically, and you go learn it all. And they're trying. Thankfully, the industry is trying. Uh, and, and realizing there is a need for that kind of thing, but it's, 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 it's going to take a lot. It's, you know, it's again, customer service venues, as you mentioned, um, the pregame has to be amazing. The halftime has to be amazing. The video board interaction has to be amazing. Um, if it's a, if it's a concert, the same deal, everything about it has to be amazing. And then there's also the various generations, right? So your baby boomers are reacting differently, mm-hmm. your Gen X differently, your millennials and your Gen Zs are wanting to stay home and watch something on their phone and interact with their friends while watching the concert and not leave the house. They don't even have driver's license in a lot of cases anymore. <laughs> That's true. Unfortunately for marketers, there we have more um, generations to try to market to now than we ever, than ever you know, you mentioned the baby boomers and unfortunately, especially on the collegiate athletics side, um, the baby boomers are the ones that are, are writing the big checks, the fun, you know, donating the money. So there's this balance of how, how do you, how do you make them happy by having the tradition and the, the, the nostalgia and the marching band playing and appeal to the millennials and the Gen Z or the Gen Xers uh, that, uh, that, that maybe want music playing in a loud, exciting environment. And then you got the Gen Zs that I, who knows what's going to bring them in. I, you know, I, I, I mentioned, I referenced this in my book and I've talked a lot about it. Gen, Gen Z, apparently we have seven seconds to grab their attention versus, which is down uh, from 15 seconds uh, with, with millennials. I mean, how do you, 
seven seconds to grab somebody's attention before they're on to something else. I call them, uh, I'd coin the term the squirrel generation from, from the movie up where you, the, the dog sees the squirrel, every, every sound thinks it's a squirrel because they're that distracted. Right. Um, so it's, it's, you got one product that you're selling, but you have to market it four different ways to four different generations. And it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And so any tricks of the trade that you suggest, you have a lot of options out there in different directions you can go, but you know, where should someone start? I think so. One, one comparison I always use when I'm talking about this is, is because, because of most of what we do is in the sports world. We have, if you're working for a sports organization, you have uh, coaches down the hall, right. That, that are preparing the, the, their team to take the field. These coaches are spending hours, days uh, on research, right. They're researching their opponents. Um, we don't do that in marketing near, nearly to the extent that the guys down the hall are doing to defeat their opponents. They're, a major college football program will spend upwards of 20,000 hours a year researching their opponents, researching themselves, developing strategies based on that research, and only then form a game plan to try to defeat their opponent. In marketing, we jump, we jump to the end. We're like, I got a plan without doing, without knowing who our opponents are, without, you know, knowing anything about ourselves. So the, 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 the tip, the trick, the trick is, is spending the time researching. This is, this can be done. Marketing works. It's a fact. Uh, I mean, you, you, you do this for a, a living too. You, I don't have to convince you marketing works but you got to do it right. So, so the tip, unfortunately there, there's no magic bullet. There's no one size fits all solution in marketing because SMU and in a, in a market like a a small private school in a market like Dallas is, is going to market entirely differently than Alabama uh, who, you know, a giant school in a small market, you know, so you can't, you can't take, um, you you know, that, well, SMU did it and worked. So we're going to do it in Tuscaloosa. Um, or, or this, you know, this concert venue in Memphis did it or, or Nashville did it probably a better example. Uh, so we're going to do it in Oklahoma city. Uh, it's right. just, it's just different. So you gotta, you gotta do the research. You gotta dig in and, and invest in the, the proper amount of, of time and money in, in the research side. Okay. And what would you say are the biggest challenges there? Besides uh, time and money. <laughs> You I mean it's 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 I guess convincing the people with with the purse strings that are controlling the purse strings to to do that, um, you know the information's out there. You just gotta go get it and and then it, it you know dedicate yourselves um, I guess to to um, following a plan that's based in that in that research. It, again, I, I I say this like it's easy. It's not. It's not easy. Uh, um, but it it we. Uh, we have to do something the college football attendance has been on a steady decline for seven years straight. You know, we're, we had, we had the, the worst uh, attendance this in, in 2018, in 2018. Yeah. Um, then we've had in, in 34 years. So something has to be done. And as, as we've talked about the, the it's not just sports, it's everything. People are, are um, not coming. So um, 
you there there i could give it you talk about examples all day long of things we've seen that have been really cool and and i think are are headed in the right direction their uh smu um turned their um their student section into a party deck um which i thought was brilliant and they've had some missteps with it but they're but they're working through it and they're getting it right uh and a thousand a thousand students on a party deck looks really, really cool and fun and on camera looks great. A thousand students in a 5,000 seat uh, section doesn't look very fun and appealing. Um, you know, the tailgating experiences are, are, are amazing uh, and can really, you know, you show up for the tailgate, well, you're there, you might as well go into the game. So there, there, there was a University of North Texas held a, um, a, a, uh, professional wrestling event they brought back former um professional wrestlers like from when i was a kid hacksaw jim dugan and junkyard dog and the von erics these people who <laughs> most people listening probably have never heard of but i've heard of because when i was eight you know i watched uh professional wrestling so they had this on the field they had a professional wrestling event it's stuff like that it's crazy ideas like that that are going to reverse this trend uh and, and get people there but then as we as we discussed, you got to give them a, an amazing experience so they'll keep coming back. Right, even the Super Bowl, you know, two days ago. For anyone who's <laughs> listening, to this we're dating our podcast right now. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, they had they're saying at least a decline of about five percent, I think, in viewership mm-hmm. overall because there wasn't anything super special to bring people in. And that's the that's the tough part is you you know you you rely on the people the the opponents. A lot of times determine viewership. Yeah. People were not excited about it, but the Patriots being in another Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> so a lot of times it's out of our hands, yeah. um, which which you know even drives home the point even more that there are so many things we can't control about the event. So control the things you can, and and market the things you can control because ultimately, you know, all my all my career, my my book is called Winning is Not a Strategy, and I'm not. I'm not trying to plug my book over and over here. I, I'm just, I'm pointing out that winning is not a strategy is the name of the book because um, all my career I've heard, if we'll just start winning games, attendance will take care of itself. Well, even if that's true, which it's not, the, da- the data does not support it. But even if that's true, why would we even say that? We have no control over whether or not the team wins. We have no control. If you, if you own a, a concert venue, we have no control over how good the, the performance is going to be. Why, why are we, we – you, no other industry ever says, well, um, let's wait till the, till the product gets good, and then we'll market it. We don't even have to because it'll sell itself at that point. It, it's crazy talk to even say those types of things, but that's what you hear in sports and entertainment is let's wait till it's good and then it'll sell itself. And we as marketers then don't, we don't have to do anything anyway. Do you think that it is almost insurmountable as far as the deep collapse of attendance? You know, is it something that, with the massive amounts of content we're all being exposed to, we're being grabbed from every direction all over the place. Is this something that is just going to be a continuing trend or can people figure it out? Can events figure this out to fill the seats? I think 
there's i think it'll level out I, I you know i don't i think there's a point at which there there will be just like there are enough there are enough people to support um you know everything out there it we're, we're we always have more people and they all want something to do with their time so even though there are tons of options there are still going to be enough buyers of that product uh I just think that especially in sports, we've become, we, we got so spoiled and we were expecting 60, 70, 80, 90,000 people to show up. And, and, and it's probably past the point of expecting that every time, unless you're a, unless you're a Michigan or an Alabama, uh, you know, so setting the expectations a little bit lower, uh, generating revenue in other ways. But, but uh, you know, I, I don't think it's insurmountable we definitely can't stop trying because because then it all goes away and we don't have and we don't have major league baseball anymore we don't have college football anymore whatever it is uh so no i i would you know i can't sit here that make my i make my living convincing uh, athletic programs entertainment venues to hire us to help them uh drive attendance so certainly wouldn't sit here and say that it's um that it's uh, insurmountable. Uh, I do think the industry has to change its expectations, though, um, and get and, and maybe get accustomed to. You know, there there are stadiums that are reducing their seating capacity, um, to converting those um, stands and bleachers into uh, suites and club seats, like we like we talked about, to provide those social uh, opportunities. So it, it, it's it's. Uh, to answer your question, n- no. Um, this is a trend we can reverse, um, and uh, but we have to again change our expectations a bit. I think. Okay, is there any other insight that you can share about the direction this is going? <laughs> oh man, probably. Um, let me th- let me think. You know, we um, th- so, so for so long we relied on emotional marketing tactics so so one thing we we promote pretty heavily is is getting away from the emotional reasons to attend an event um you know showing a showing a a tv spot or a a piece of print collateral or a billboard uh promoting a you know or having it with an athlete that's larger than life or the in the commercial uh example slam dunks or three pointers or big hits or touchdown passes everybody's got every every football team has touchdown passes Mm -hmm. every you know every basketball team makes three pointers so simply showing that as as the excitement well you know everybody's got that one two uh, as we've as we see in in so many uh, so many examples of sales and marketing emotional the emotional stuff wears off you know when you just like in everyday life if you get really excited about something it wears off quickly the rational the logical reasons to do something though that sticks around um, and and so that is something that that we have really tried to promote to our clients is focus on the rational, the logical, the factual reasons people should attend your events and stop focusing on the emotional stuff. Because like I said, one, everybody's got that Two, um, that wears off. You know, if I see, if I see, a, I, I always compare it to if somebody, um, you know, uh, uh, if you're at the checkout line at, at and you see the M&Ms, you get, a, you, your emotions get fired up and you want to make that impulse buy. Well, either you buy it and you regret it or you 
or you uh, and you gobble them up and you and you regret it, or you didn't, you don't buy them um, and and you don't regret it. Either way, five minutes later, that's gone. You 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 don't have those emotions anymore. You don't want the M and M's anymore, right? Well, same deal. You you see a, a TV spot that has that emotion. Five minutes later, that's worn off. Uh, so uh, if you focus on that rational, uh, logical reasons to attend, um, whether it's you know value, family value, um, uh, taking your taking your kids to a, a game day or or whatever it is, uh, those other other reasons to attend beyond the emotion, uh, I think that's that's where that's the sweet spot. Okay, so focusing on things that actually have greater value to people versus the intrinsic, I need it now. Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that makes sense. Is there any other advice you want to share with our listeners today? Um, <laughs> good question. Um, the advice, I guess the advice goes back to, goes back to my idea, the, the idea of, uh, um, uh, of, of investing the time in the research and, and, and doing, doing, not taking, not jumping straight to the end, not jumping straight to the, the, um, the, the creative. That's where w what we always want to do is, is get to the creative because that's the fun part, but uh, invest in the, uh, in the why, you know, why behind the what everybody's heard that term, but figuring out why um, and, and then create the what, um, if that makes sense. That absolutely does. So I think our listeners might have a clue that you've written a book. Yes, uh, sorry, I I probably plugged that way too many times. That 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 is definitely that was not my my goal. Just uh, but the book is called Winning Is Not a Strategy. It is available on Amazon, uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Logston at Z A C L O G S D O N. And that will be in our show notes as well. Awesome. Zach, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks. Greatly loved hearing all things <laughs> and we will talk in the near future. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>